Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. In 2024, welcome back, everybody. A little rusty up here. It's been a, it's been a couple weeks. A lot happened while I was away. It's kind of weird being on the sideline without stuff going on in the Red Sea. That's something we're going to touch on today. Another big thing we're going to touch on today is it's an election year. So be prepared for crazy in society, in the supply chain, in the world. Today, we're going to truck the vote. Talk about getting drivers registered with an awesome guest named Scott Pressler. Will be here pretty soon. But welcome to 2024. How was your New Year's? We had a great time. I got bit by a dog. I got bit, you know, the meme dog, uh, Shiba Inu. I got bit by one of those when one got into a, a fight with my, my lab, Randy. I got my hand right in the middle, got bit through it. So thank you very much, uh, Dogecoin dog. I watched a lot of football when I recovered, though. Played a lot of video games with the kids. We uh, built some Legos. We drove about, I don't know, 22, 2,500 miles up and down the uh, northeast coast between Virginia, Connecticut, back and forth all around. And we even got some supply chain bingo in. They were one of our last guests of the year. They gave us a few copies of this, came in handy on the road. Go get your own copy. Go up, go look up the supply chain bingo game. It's absolutely fantastic. It was a great time. Kid turned off that fire pet tablet you can see in the upper right. Started looking for some intermodal containers, things like that. It was a blast. By the way, speaking of parting like 1999, beer sales are expected to be their lowest since 1999. Glad to help contribute to that because I don't drink. All right, on today's episode of What the Truck, we're kicking off the new year by getting drivers ready for the 2024 election season. I'm joined by political influencer Scott Pressler, who's on a mission to get every truck driver registered to vote. We'll find out everything you need to know to make your voice in this election heard. Freightways' Rachel Premack lays out the top issues in supply chain at the start of 2024. They're going to set the tone for the year. We're going to learn how this Red Sea conflict has already doubled shipping rates and what's going on there. Big rig permit services, Clay Garinger, he tells us everything we need to know about permits, authorities, and trucking taxes in 2024 and we got freightways justin martin he shares the driver perspective on voting breaks down a hot dog heist uh with a did the punishment fit the crime in that one we'll find out he shares his best winter trucking tools and breaks down bowl game and steam ship line marketing but right now rachel premack is here for the first time in 24 what's up rachel how was your uh how was your new year's it was good uh went to a friend's house party pretty standard nothing crazy <laughs> That, yeah, anything happened there? This is a, kind of a boring story, Rachel. Is it because you're married? Yeah, now? I know it is. It, it is a boring story because it's just, you know, went to a friend's house party, saw some friends. Someone brought a ham. A ham? And having the ham. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I don't have a very interesting story around this. Okay, well, there's enough going on in the supply chain, enough going on in the world that you don't have to carry the segment with your personal life. And that's good news. That's good news for, well, not yeah. really good news. It's kind of bad news. And it, it kind of sucked being out because I wanted to comment on this. I wanted to do a show on this, and I just didn't, haven't had a chance till now. But things have developed. For example, just yesterday, Maersk indefinitely suspended all travel through the Red Sea. I mean, this obviously is the supply chain story of the year so far. There's nothing nothing bigger. It bled into last year. It's going to have a lot of impact. What's going on, Rachel? Yeah, so we saw starting at the end of November of 2023 that Houthi fighters, which is a militant group based in Yemen, backed by Iran, they started targeting container ships and oil oil tankers going through the Suez Canal and the Red Sea, which of course connects the Indian Ocean with the Mediterranean Sea, very key trade route. And uh, following that, we saw the U.S., the U.K., France, and a few other countries organize this naval coalition to protect ships going through that that canal and through that conduit. But the attacks keep happening, so we've seen quite a few major container shipping companies say, we're just not going to move through that, that conduit. We're not going to go through the Red Sea. Instead, they're going all the way uh, around the Cape of Good Hope, which is the 
you know, bottom of the African continent. And that adds about 10 to 15 days to most uh, transits going from Asia to Europe or to the U.S. Yeah, we're seeing that in rates. We'll get to that in a minute. But what do you think of this tweet from Caleb Malpin? He says, there's nothing for American working people to gain in fighting these rebels. No American blood should be shed to defend Israel in the Red Sea. Uh, from a supply chain perspective, I think that this person sounds very ignorant. Yeah, I mean, I can't really opine on this, really. It's not really, I, I, I'm not like a military influencer or like i i don't tweet like takes about the military so well, what in america you don't have to what, what in america it, do we stand to lose by not defending this what is the issue here rachel well i mean it's a key area of commerce so you you probably would want to you know ensure that commerce can flow, flow freely on the other hand you can just go around the cape of good hope it adds 10 days to uh, transit times. I mean, this person is arguing that this is defending Israel. It's not defending Israel. It's uh, this sort of naval coalition just ensures free tr free global trade. On the other hand, there's an alternative to going through the Red Sea and going through the Suez Canal. This kind of just seems like a uninformed take meant to garner, uh, I don't know, rage or, or retweets or I, I'm not really sure. Well, here's an even more uninformed take. It comes from New York City's Columbus Circle. Play the tape. Palestine! I mean, it's pretty obvious where they stand there. They're cool with attacks on vessels moving through the area. They want another ship turned around. There's seafarers' life at stake. There's commerce at stake. It, this is becoming politicized, too. And now this is a part of the movement. And now supply chain is directly in the line of fire within this movement where there's, there's one side that they don't seem to understand the implications and the ramifications of what's happening here with global trade. Yeah, I mean, regardless of what your viewpoints are, I guess, on the situation in the Middle East, this is not just, you know, a political situation. This is also a, an economic situation. And as we all know, you know, wars and, and basically everything runs on supply chain. So just kind of looking at the, uh, looking at, looking at the political angle of this is not just the only way to look at this. You also need to consider the fact that 30% of all global, of all global container volume goes through the Suez Canal. So this is a pretty, important area of the world to focus on and to defend or to find alternatives around depending on uh what if you're a container shipping company what your tactic is going to be here's what this looks like javier bliss says map of the day sometimes a picture is worth yes show that vessel map a picture is worth a thousand words container ships heading toward europe and nor and or north america with almost all avoiding the red sea more than two weeks after the launch the u.s-led prosperity guardian the hothis still rule in the red See and look, you're talking about like John Conrad tweet earlier. He goes, "Look, if this is sustained, you're talking about needing to like double the world's container fleet when you shut down these canals. You're talking about doubling the amount of fuel needed to move these vessels throughout there. There's a lot of impacts that don't that aren't just on the surface here of a boat going through the Red Sea." I mean, it is important to note that these are just the container ships. These don't include oil tankers, and it's also. There are actually still quite a few container shipping companies that have not decided to avoid the Red Sea. Basically, all container shipping companies based in China, Japan, South Korea are still have not announced any sort of uh, pause in shipping. But, you know, this is obviously quite a quite a jarring map that does show just how many are avoiding the area still. This is as of December 28th. Ryan Peterson tweeted, so far 920,000 TU containers have diverted south of Africa and another million are delayed in the Suez area. And that was before Maersk had formerly pulled. I know they danced around it last week, but that those numbers are from December 28th. According to AIS, the number of container ships circumventing the Cape of Good Hope increased from 18 a month ago to over 120 today. Again, this, this is late December numbers. That's a 588% increase. Yeah, I mean, definitely freight rates are going to go up. Transit times are going to go up. It's it, on the other hand, you could say, oh well, you know, freight rates have been pretty low since the since uh, 2021, 2022. But this is definitely something that's going to 
impact global shipping. And I think it just creates a lot of uncertainty if you are a, whether you're a shipper or a carrier, um, it just creates a lot of uncertainty. And we all know that supply chains love uncertainty. So uh, it's definitely something that is disrupting a lot of planning, I think, for 2024. You can see right here on this chart show, this has got the big Bitcoin spike and what happened to container rates. They, uh, like we said earlier, they've nearly doubled the shot right up at the beginning uh, of the year. That Yeah, that's a straight line. It's almost hard to see. It's easier just to look at the green yeah. above it. It went from about 1,500 um, to near 3,000. Yeah, it's interesting because this is China, North America, West, which you wouldn't yeah. think is really impacted by Suez Canal disruptions. The other thing that's important is that there's also all these disruptions going on on the Panama Canal side. There's been a drought there and that uh, you know has limited trade from or limited and disrupted trade going from, let's say, China to North America East. Interesting. Well, Rachel, a lot to keep track of. John Conrad's going to be here on Friday. We're going to go even deeper on this one. But in the meantime, now here's my next question for you. Was 2023 a win? Secretary Pete put this video out. Roll the tape. When President Biden first took office, the pandemic had led to the most profound and widespread set of disruptions to our transportation systems since 9-11, including enormous strain on our supply chains. We were paying more. We were waiting longer. We had about 100 ships bearing down on those West Coast ports. And some in the media, just about exactly two years ago, were saying that Christmas was going to be canceled. Christmas, of course, was not canceled. All through the year, President Biden had been challenging us to stay ahead of this issue and to be prepared to respond. And so as tough as that season was, we wound up having an all-time record high of goods moving through America's ports, and people received their packages from major shippers with about a 99% on-time rate. We also had the largest trucking bankruptcy in history in 2023. Uh, we did have the conflicts are going in 2024. Secretary Pete actually tweeted two years ago, Breathless Media Reports, I believe you were one of them, Rachel, said Christmas would be canceled. Was 2023 a win, is, is, or is Pete on the gas right here? Well, okay. I'm well. The video is about 2021. I I don't know if he said 2023 is a win. I think if you look at the trucking industry, definitely there's still significant challenges there. We've seen you know thousands of trucking companies go bankrupt. Uh, what else is there? We saw Yellow go bankrupt. We saw Convoy, a major VC backed uh, freight brokerage, uh, shut down, layoffs throughout the the freight industry. How much of that can be like tied to Secretary uh, Buttigieg's policies and President Biden's policies is kind of unclear. It seems like most of the reason why we have seen so many trucking bankruptcies is just because there was that sort of buildup in the trucking industry in 2020, 21, 22, or sorry, early 22. And, you know, very boom and bust cycles. Of course, trucking is going to struggle quite a bit after years and years of historic expansion um, but if, if they're, if, uh, you know, Buttigieg or Biden is going to say, you know, 2023 has been good for trucking or good for freight, I think that would be a challenging, uh, challenging, uh, argument to make if that's the argument they're, they're going to make. Rachel, before I let you go, big, big year, big, big year, big election year. How important is it for drivers to get out and vote and make their voices heard? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely really important for drivers to vote and register and, and all these sorts of things, just as it is for any sort of American to to vote. I think it's interesting because you don't see politicians typically try to target drivers or target their issues. And I think that's definitely an oversight because it is, you know, more than two million uh, people are employed in the trucking industry as uh, tractor trailer drivers. So kind of politicians, you know, talking more to them would make a lot of sense in my opinion, but no one's asked me. So, well, you've just asked me, but uh, I, I would say it's, it's very important for drivers to vote. Well, after today's episode, I think we're going to get a lot more interest in this topic because my next guest that I'm going to bring on, he's got better hair than you. He's got browner hair than you. I don't know. His complexion may even be a little a little more glowing than yours because he's been up and down the coast getting people registered to vote already. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for uh, starting off 2024. Great, even though it was it was bad news. And uh, we'll see you next week. Right. I shall see you next week in Chattanooga, won't I? Are, are you coming here? Oh, yeah, that's true. OK, well, then I'll see you in town. Take it easy, Rachel.
All right, let's go to our next guest because he's there in the green room. I already hyped him up. It's Scott Pressler, political influencer. The guy has been all over Pennsylvania for the how long? How long have you been in Pennsylvania for, uh, for Scott? Well, I've been working in Pennsylvania, and thank you, Mr. Dooner, for having me. You know, for five plus years, and I will say, Rachel, you are gorgeous. So don't <laughs> listen to her. I owe justice to you. I, I was I'm just trying to cause a little a little early conflict, a little early drama. No, you both look great. You know, they're calling this, Scott, they're calling this the ultimate election year around the world. It's not just the United States all over the place. There are major votes happening. People are very concerned about what's happening globally. Uh, more truck drivers need to be concerned what's happening globally. But even more importantly, what's happening here right in the United States, America first movement getting big again, too. But I, I love it. You reached out to me so many times. We a lot of times we try to avoid the hard side of politics on this show. We don't want to alienate people on those grounds necessarily, but it's a very important election season. And I reached out and said, anybody who wants to talk about election this year, let me do it. And you were the first person to reach out. And you're like the you're a huge influencer. And you're like, look, I think it's important. I think it's my mission to reach out to drivers this year. Why drivers though, Scott? Well, I want to make it clear. I mean, the trucking community. Believe it or not, you guys are so powerful. No truckers, no food, no stores, and no civilization, quite frankly. I mean, look at the power that the convoy and and Canada had with the Canadian truckers basically shutting down the government. You know, I I want the drivers, the working class, blue collar America to understand your full potential and realize that, you know, these legislators, whatever legislation you want to push, you have the power to change. And that's why I'm here, because I want to empower everybody to come together and make sure that in 2024, it is we who are capturing uh, that power and not letting other people to decide for us. You know what was really interesting about that convoy, Scott, was it happened at the beginning of 2022, and truck drivers were sick of lockdowns. It impacted them directly, obviously. They were in the line of fire of cross-border uh, COVID lockdowns, um, uh, vaccine regulations, those kind of mandates, and it got drivers activated. But an interesting thing happened when they did that convoy is it got a lot of people who weren't drivers also interested, who were also sick of lockdowns and regulations and just wanted to let society rip. But do you think it takes like a moment, an inflection point as powerful as that one to get drivers engaged this one in 2024? Or is there enough if we just look around at some of these issues? Well, I think COVID opened up a lot of people's eyes, like you said, from drivers, from truckers, and, and look at moms and dads from understanding what really was happening within our schools. And, you know, I hate to say it, uh, unfortunately, looking throughout history, Times sometimes have to get really, really bad before people do something. I think the majority of people are pacifists and, you know, we're not aggressors. We'll usually go along to get along. But I mean, look at the state of the world right now. You know, when I go across the country and I'm talking to people, the theme that I hear over and over again is the world is in chaos. But really bringing this back to drivers in the trucking community, I mean, look at AI, look at electric vehicles. That is going to be a threat to our workers and our workers going to be replaced by technology. Are we going to have self-driving automobiles that are going to you know, replace millions of jobs? I think that's something that we really need to be forward thinking and try to, to understand and recognize that it's going to put a lot of people potentially out of work, like when they shut down coal, like with the green, quote unquote, climate agenda. You know, what is going to happen to truckers if AI does take over? Yeah, you know, um, it's interesting you mentioned the climate thing. So a big thing happened in Southern California. They were pushing this CARB initiative. They're pushing it nonstop. It was supposed to start at the beginning of the year. And for port truckers, you couldn't register a, a new diesel semi after that cutoff date. So the good actors that worked the ports, they went out, they spent they spent over top dollar on these electric vehicles. They retrofitted their freights. They, they did everything they needed. They spent at their own cost. They spent a ton of money doing this. And then the government just kicked the can down the road even further. So like, even if you try try to 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 do the limbo and to bend by the will it can still screw you it's crazy yeah well and on top of that i mean look at what's happening with for example i mean drivers run on diesel 
right? I assume. Yeah. And those prices just continue to skyrocket. So the climate agenda is having a real impact on your community. And that's why it's so important people register to vote and get out to vote. And one thing that I'm really honing in on is, you know, I hear from all over the country, Dooner, they go, Scott, my voice doesn't matter. My vote doesn't matter, etc. I want to make it clear there are 80,000 truckers in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Did you know that? And furthermore, Joe Biden in the 2020 election, and I use this word loosely, won the election, right? But he won by 80,000 votes. So basically what I'm trying to impart upon your listeners and your audience is the trucking community could literally swing statewide elections if they register to vote, if they mobilize to vote. Now, one issue that I think affects you guys and what I wanna hear from you is really what is y'all's schedule and how long in advance do you get to plan out your schedule? And the reason why I say this is, for example, if you're going to be on the road hauling a rig for a month's time, then that means that we need to make sure that you're registered to vote and you're either early voting or planning ahead to get your vote by mail ballot sent to a location that you'll be at so that way you can still vote in the election because if you're traveling if you're driving on election day clearly you're not going to be able to vote your voice no and you bring up some great points here as a national voting block look at this truck drivers there's 3.5 million active truck drivers in the u.s but there's about 10 million cdls so those are guys who are not driving. You got that chart? We had 3.5 million active drivers in the U.S. When you look at the characteristics of truck drivers, you're looking at almost 90% are men, um, many educated, not as many in the, in the college field, many have some college in there. And then when you look at by race and everything, you're also looking at, especially as you go older, a predominantly white field. That when you get younger, skews a little bit different. Now, for drivers, what you also have to understand, Scott, is their makeup's very different. You have over-the-road truck drivers. You have local truck drivers. You you have owner operators, you have company truck drivers, and they all have different conditions. But a lot of drivers have a very difficult time of making it to the ballot box on the day of voting. My question for you is absentee balloting, right? It got very much decreed in 2020. Melons got attacked in 2020, but it seems like a very sensible way for drivers to actually get their voice heard. What's your stance on that? Are absentee ballots good? Do we need to encourage this for drivers? Well, I launched an organization called Early Vote Action. So yes, I am supporting early voting, but the reason why is I just want people to vote in general. Whatever method that you choose, whether it's on election day for those that are capable, but I mean, look at other professions that are similar to drivers. You know, we have our members of the United States military. We got pilots, we got airline commercial, you know, flight attendants. You got uh, truckers and teachers, et cetera. Those are all people who may not have the ability to be home on election day. And those are people that may share similar values. So why do we wanna limit the ability of people to vote? No, we need to be responsible and say like, for example, in Pennsylvania, there are 50 five zero days of early voting, meaning that you can go to your local elections office or you can go to your courthouse. And even if you don't like the vote by mail system, which I understand that some people may be hesitant about putting something in a draft box or a mailbox, whatever, you can go in person and vote a mail ballot at your elections office, and then you can still uh, do your job and do your profession. So there are ways around it. But one thing that I really want everyone to do, please, is at least go to vote.gov, G-O-V, meaning government, and you're gonna be able to find your state on there. And I want you to first check your voter registration status. Now, when you check your status, like so for example, you can type in Pennsylvania, check voter status, and you're gonna look yourself up by like your date of birth, et cetera. If it says active and it says your current address, you're good to go. But if you have moved recently, or for some reason your status says inactive, that means that you are not currently able to vote in the system. So you need to renew your voter registration. You need to fill it out again. And again, you can do that at vote.gov. Now, uh, one last thing that I, I do want to point out is every year, for example, in states like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Florida, North Carolina, they just opened up 
the vote by mail request application. So in those states that I just mentioned, you have to request a vote by mail in order to receive one. If you do not request one, you are not going to receive one unless you're in a state like Arizona and you're on the active early voting list. Or if you're in a state like Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, on the West Coast, most of those states are uh, voters receive a vote by email based on whether they're an eligible voter. So it's just very important that we uh, are cognizant of the different rules and laws in each of the states. And if anybody has any questions of that, of course, I make myself available. My Twitter is at Scott Pressler or my ex, excuse me, Elon Musk. <laughs> and you guys are welcome to slide into my DMs in the most wholesome of manner. Scott, is November 5th the only date we have to care about? Because even leading up to these these primaries, these caucuses we're hearing in places like Colorado, Maine, try to keep people off the ballot. It, it seems like there's a lot going on that's going to even just lead up to election. Oh, well, I mean, look, two weeks from now, we got January 5th. We have the caucus. Now, for the Iowa caucus, there is no vote by mail. There is no early voting. You have to show up at your precinct location in person. So if you're a trucker listening to this and you want to participate, I do strongly suggest that you participate in your caucus on January 15th. And I'll tell you, I think Pennsylvania, their primary is April 23rd. And, you know, really, a lot of people are so focused on the general election. And what I mean by the general election is, like you said, November 5th, 2024, that's presidential, congressional, state, local, right? That's everything. But a lot of our candidates, in order to get to the general, first have to go through the primary process. And the primary in, in many congressional districts across the country, that primary really decides who's going to win the election because they're either districts that are so blue or so red that that candidate that wins the primary is going to often go on to be the congressperson for that district. And so, again, you can find out a lot of these things by typing into the Internet, for example, Iowa caucus 2024 or pennsylvania primary 2024 nevada caucus 2024 and put those on your calendar because i want to make sure that the busy schedule and lives that you guys lead you at least are are aware and putting that and thinking forward you know scott right before the calendar changed ramaswamy went down to the iowa 80 truck stop and usually when you see politicians, political candidates engage the community. It's usually some like union photo op. Oh, UPS got their deal done, you know, and they're kind of in the background. But uh, Ramaswamy went down there himself. Good move. Do more candidates need to get in front of this community and and not just political influencers? Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, look, he's bringing national attention. This is about uplifting voices, right? So uh, this is Ramaswamy saying to the trucking community, I see you, I value you, I acknowledge you, and I want to bring your issues to the forefront. And the same like we're doing for the Amish community, for students, for hunters across the country, for moms and dads. You know, the, the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans is I think uh, Democrats really are collectivist at heart. But what they do a really good job at doing is they point out the individuals. And that's ironic because Republicans, I think, are really individualist at heart. But they often don't point out the individual. They treat everybody as the collective. So it, it's really funny. And, and I do love to see that groups are changing the way that they relate to people. And I think it's so important that we say individually to people, like you heard me, our teachers, our military, our trackers, our pilots, each one of those people has value and agency. And it's so critical that we bring those issues that are important to those groups to the forefront. How do we turn the gas up too? How do, how do we make sure that it's not just this show where truck drivers are hearing it, like as good as the audience is, there's a lot more truck drivers are than there is audience here. How do we expand this? How do we bring this? Is this uh, bring the, the politics to the truck stop? How do we, what is your plan here, Scott? Yeah, I want you guys to please help change the culture. You know, as much as I would like to, I can't be at every truck stop in America, although that would be really cool. <laughs> you know, Scott Ressler hanging out at truck stops. But I will say, 
Uh, I have been invited. I think that you guys are having the largest truck show in North America. I think it's in Kansas City, right? That you guys are having this year. It's like June or March or something like that. It's Kansas yeah, City, Matt, Missouri. Probably, right? Matt's maybe? I think so. And I'm, I'm trying to see if I can get there. But really what I would love to see is I would love your listeners, your audience, as you're talking to people, remember, this is about getting drivers to vote. This is empowering the community so we can enact legislation both at the federal, uh, state, and local level. Now, we have had some successes that you and I talked about in 2023 at the federal level uh, in regards to the trucking community. But what I would love to see is when you're talking to your fellow drivers, always ask each other, are you registered to vote at your current address? Do you have a plan to vote in your state's primary? Do you have a plan to vote on November 5th, 2024? And what I would love to see too, in the most legal way possible, is you know, at uh, truck stops, et cetera, you know, you go inside, you got machines uh, for vending machines, et cetera, and sometimes they have boards. I would love us to see, you know, a truck the vote QR code that somebody can simply put it up, scan the QR code, it goes to vote.gov, and let's make sure that every driver, every trucker is registered to vote. And I, I do, I would be remiss not to acknowledge our mechanics as well, because I heard a statistic that, for example, for every 100 truckers, there's a mechanic, there's an automobile, you know, car shop, truck stop that is taking care of all of y'all and your rigs. So we also wanna make sure that we're reaching out to all of the other jobs that are in relationship to the work that y'all do. Scott, I love the QR code idea. I'm gonna run that up the flagpole over here and um, hopefully they'll approve. We'll print a bunch and I'll send you some too and we can both start stickering some, uh, some truck stops. Oh, absolutely. Oh, this this could be big. Every truck stop in America <laughs> will have sooner. QR code. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. Just saying. That, that would be awesome. Now, Scott, in the meantime, people have any questions for you? They need that. They want to know more about getting registered to vote. Uh, your Twitter is probably the best to send them to, right? Yeah, you can go to my website, earlyvoteaction.com, of course. But if you want immediate access, I mean, I'm pretty quick to reply to people. And if you slide into my DMs on Twitter, which is at Scott Pressler, S-C-O-T-T-P-R-E-S-L-E-R, I'd love the opportunity to connect with you, make sure that you get registered to vote, and make sure that you have a plan to vote this year. Hey, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Keep fighting the good fight, and I'll do my work on my end. Thanks for stopping by the show today. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Good stuff. Good stuff and good mission. And if you notice, he just said, look, he just wants you to get registered to vote. Who cares who you vote for? Get registered. Start the process. Get engaged. Get involved. This year is going to be a big inflection point. As you know, in election years, things are only going to get crazier as the year goes by. All right, elsewhere, let's take a trip back to a, a scary moment in 1993. All right. Let me see. What will it be? We're here to go. Um, Would you like ketchup on that? Well, uh, Large or small fry? <sighs> Cash or credit? What? The home of the Whopper is offering cash or credit. I think it's pretty bad if you have to use a credit card when you go to a fast food restaurant for something as little as $3.10. If I use my GM card and I get a 5% rebate, if I eat here long enough, I'll be able to buy a pickup truck. Burger King bosses say workers won't have to figure out how much change the customer gets back. I just hope it doesn't slow things down at the cash cash and carry that people are going to be having to call New York and get get the confirmation or, you know, whatever it is, because when I want a Whopper, I want it now. Just another way to spend money. I'm sure it'll work for people on vacation when they don't have to do something, but I can't imagine it working on a day-to-day -day basis here. So far, the smallest credit has been for $2.50, the largest just over 10 Jamie Costello, News Channel 2. You know that's from 1993 because, like, the largest bill at a fast food place was under $10. I was taking my kids to, like, McDonald's on our road trip and Happy Meal. Like, this wasn't even a rest stop that we stopped at. It was one of those ones where you go, like, there's, you know, there's a Burger King down the way or a McDonald's down the way. And then it's, like, take a left and you go three miles down the road. And it was, like, $8 a Happy Meal. These things used to be $4.99, $8 a Happy Meal. And then my kids didn't even play with the toys. And like, usually I'm pretty calm and cool. And I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, like, whatever. Their food's taken care of. But now that it's $8, that's not the story, kids. You better eat that damn stuff in the backseat. And you better eat that toy, too. Better crap out some plastic like your butt's a 3D printer. All right, what's happening here? 
<laughs> Get ready to start your 2024 with exciting news. Join us for Mastermind 2024. It's the nearshoring experience and will cover your stay. If you're among the first 25 people to register now, your hotel will be included in the cost of the ticket. It sounds awesome, right? Don't miss out on this opportunity and elevate your industry insights alongside global leaders. Act fast. Register today. Yeah, you'll get be the first 25. What does it say? Oh, you get a, your hotel will be included in the cost. That's a pretty good deal. Maybe I'll beat you guys to it once I'm done with the show. All right, Clay Geringer, Big Rig Permit Services, man. It's a whole new year, whole new stuff to worry about if you're running a wig. How you doing today, sir? Pretty good. How you doing? How, where are you coming in from? Where are you? Uh, what part of the world do you uh, hang out in? Right in North Carolina. We're just uh, we're in a little town called Gastonia, North Carolina. It's just uh, about 25 minutes west of Charlotte. Ah, oh, nice. Well, I was through uh, Virginia, and I was through, uh, where was, was I in North Carolina? Maybe I was. I can't remember. My parents were there in Virginia. And they, they just got two places, and, like, I put in the GPS, and I go, and I can never remember which one I'm at of the two because they look so similar. Uh, love to hear it, though. Hey, tell us a little bit about Big Rig Permit Services. What y'all up to there? So, yeah, Big Rig Permit Services is our uh, our company we run, and we help uh, – Owner operators, uh, we help have uh, guys that just single owner operators, and then fleets up to about uh, twenty trucks. Um, so what we do is our bread and butter is really uh, the quarterly IFTA taxes. We have a lot of guys that still run paper logs, so they'll send us uh, the paper logs. Uh, we'll uh, generate a fuel report, and then we'll actually file that for uh, the different companies. Uh, and then we take care of states like Connecticut, New York, Kentucky, New Mexico. Um, so we, we do, uh, 2290s, we do IRP tag renewals, NCS 150 updates, UCRs. So, uh, just, just, uh, the basic service of taking things off their plate so they don't have to worry about it. That that's what big rig permit services does. Any new regulations, uh, new ways to file or, or forms that have come out this year that drivers need to know about? Uh, the, the big thing is the FMCSA, uh, the login.gov. Just making sure, uh, usually like if we go in and do a, an MCS 150 biannual update, uh, that is the way that you have to log in now. You can't just go in through the, the safer, through the FMCSA portal. Uh, you have to have that login.gov and then it links you through that way. So um, everybody's supposed to already have that done. So make, make sure that everybody's on top of that. What service of yours is like most helpful? What are fleets or, or drivers screwing up? way too often for their own good um i would say uh just not knowing when things are due uh and, and like really across the board we've had guys that have drove for golly like 30 plus years and then still forgetting like quarterly that uh you know oh uh, your if is due and it's like you know january february march all right it's gonna be due in april and uh just kind of forgetting about it so always having to send reminders like whether it's emails texts or just calling um, and, and then, you know, as you follow the calendar year, just saying, okay, you're, you're 2290, uh, you've, you've had to do this. Like if you're over 55,000 pounds, you've had to do this, uh, basically forever. So, uh, that's due, uh, and then like your UCR or like your IFTA sticker renewals, just so on and so on. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's one specific thing. It's just kind of, they're out driving, taking care of what they're doing, booking loads. And it's like, you know, whether their wife has handled these things or a different permit business or us, like they, they just, it's not really always on their mind. Let's say I'm crazy. And, and at the end of the year, I decide to buy a truck. I've never been owner operator before, but I said, you know what? I like to buy when the market's down. I like to buy when the trucks are a little bit cheaper. So I did that. What do I need to know going into this year? I haven't filed, I haven't really filed anything before. Like, like what about those iftas? What do I got to start doing now? Well, if you're going to start your own company, obviously you, you file, uh, you start your DOT, uh, get an authority. If you're going to be hauling for hire state lines with the FMCSA, and then it's just a basic process. So, uh, you know, you have to wait four weeks for it to go active with the FMCSA, have to have that BOC three on file and everything, insurance on file. And then it's just like getting your tag and then it's getting IFTA set up with your state and then it's getting your UCR and then so on. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a definitely a, a, a process. It's not just like, Hey, let's sign up, get a DOT number. And then we're rolling. Uh, it, it's a, a four to, to six week process to really get everything set up. Were you a driver before? And how'd you know all these forms were kind of a, a pain in the ass and a headache for drivers? 
Uh, well, I've been in the industry on the side of shipping and receiving for 20 years, uh, working at a place that did uh, injection molding and uh, actually manufactured the the, um, the oil seal that goes on the front axle for everybody, for Freightliner, Peterbilt, Kenworth, uh, Volvo, and uh, just built great relationships with truck drivers, truck companies. Like we dealt with a lot of LTL guys like um, Averitt, um, USF Holland, uh, obviously not any longer. Um, RNL, those type guys. So I saw a lot of guys, uh, every single day, um, you know, that would, uh, bring products in and then we'd ship out like direct stuff to, to customers. And then like, uh, we, we would start doing truckloads, like, uh, all drive in stuff. And we, uh, you know, I, I just, I enjoy talking to people and enjoy building relationships more so than just, Hey man, how you doing? Yeah. The bathroom's over there. So, you know, I like asking where they're from, like, you know, what's their story, like, where the, you know everything about them and uh so that that's how i got into the industry and uh my wife and i have been doing this business for a few years um and uh but yeah that that's how i, I got into it but never i've only backed up a truck like three times and that that was uh took me about 45 minutes to hit the dock so not a driver you know what sometimes people are just naturals like for example one time i was on a race car speedway track and I had never driven a stick before I drove a race car and I still won the race. You know, you just learn really? to fly. You just learn, wow. just learn as you go, Clay. Yeah. Well, awesome stuff. Uh, hey, how do people check out what you guys do? How do they use your services? See if what you have uh, interests them. Yeah. And the, the main thing we got going on is uh, the, the trucker docs app. Uh, so what we saw is how unorganized everyone was um, with, with everything going on, like couldn't remember when things were due. Uh, we've been on the phone when folks are arguing with one another about like their logins for the FMCSA, for their IRP, for their IFTA. Um, so what we did was we created an app and it's called trucker docs and it's in, uh, it's in the Apple store, it's in Google play and it's, uh, called trucker docs. And the, the mascots is jacked up bald Eagle and says it runs on diesel bald Eagles in the American spirit. Ooh. And our heart with the app is to really help folks stay organized. Um, so it has push notifications, letting you know, like, uh, if is due, uh, your 2290s due. there's uh, general and there's specific, like for your tag, for your MCS 150 update when that's due, um, and you have access to, to have pictures that are saved on the cloud and be able to send it from anywhere at any time. So um, that's kind of the, the big thing we have going on. Um, but, uh, yeah, if anybody wants to, to reach out to us, uh, they can look on uh, either uh, our BigRigPermitServices.com website or our TruckerDocs.app website. Very and, cool. Uh, just, yeah. Clay, thank you so much. Thanks for stopping by and enjoy North Carolina. And uh, welcome to 2024. Yeah, you as well. Happy New Year. Take it easy. All right. All right thanks, bye. man. Let's talk about this here. Let's see if those uh, rebels start shooting tankers. We might have to take the trucks off the road and, and switch to this. We'll be going green. Take a look. Fortunately, they actually haven't shot any tankers yet. As John Conrad said, I don't think they want oil all over their beaches. So there are tankers still going through the Red Sea. But what you're looking at here is... Uh, can you hear in a nice recumbent bicycle? He gets to pull his container around. I mean, is this this the way to get into shape in 2024, driver? What do you think, Super Trucker? What do you think, Justin Martin? Would you uh, pilot one of those? I can see Lombard. I, I can see Lombard riding one of those. Oh yeah, yeah. My, <laughs> Mike would get miles on that thing. You think they still make you wait? Like you have to? You think you have to wait eight hours, like exposed to the sun in that? Like anywhere else delivering? Uh, God, I hope not. Yeah, cover up. I, I'm trying to think like what's the worst place. Phoenix, Arizona has got to be like the most miserable place to be uh, hauling oh. a bike like that around because you're just, you're just like in the sun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no covers, no nothing. No, it's like driving around a convertible. Like convertibles are the most overrated cars yeah. on earth. Like you're stuck at a stoplight and it immediately sucks if it's nice enough to drive with it out. You just like bake in your stupid leather convertible seats. Motorcycles too. Most people don't realize, you know, part of the reason why everyone wears like the long leathers and stuff is because you're on that bike all day long and you're just getting cooked. Yeah, I've rode a few times. You're like sweaty as hell when you get off those things too. You need a shower. Like it's not all just like biker babes and then just someone jumps you like immediately. It's not as exciting. Now, if you saw a little earlier on the show, we had Scott Presseron. He's he's doing Lord's work, trying to get drivers registered to vote, try to engage the community. First of all, let me ask you a question. Do truck drivers like voting or are they engaged with the government? Is this something that a lot register for, Justin? 
I mean, it all depends on the driver. Um, I would say for the most part, they lean a little more Republican right wing. Um, hopefully, if they're registered in their in their states, they they can vote. I never understood the pushback from truck drivers against um, mail in ballots. Yeah. Um, I think was Wisconsin. They've been doing mail in ballots for decades now with no issues. I see that as a really good option for drivers, especially if you're on the road during election day um, or at absentee ballots. Um, that's another great option. But a lot of drivers I talk to, they don't they don't trust it. Yeah, they don't tend to turn like truck stops into polling stations, do they? N- no, most of your polling stations are in like schools and yeah. churches or your local municipal building. I think, you know, I think Prime had a, a voting terminal, but it's like it's very far. It's like very unique if you hear that someplace has a place for drivers to actually go and vote. And of course, that only covers the drivers who are in, on November 5th. That's the specific time that they can go and vote. Scott was very it was a proponent of mail in. Um, the other side is obviously has always been a big proponent of it. And I think that we could be doing a disservice, especially in 2020, by discouraging drivers not to vote. Yeah, and anyone who looked at the election in um, in twenty uh, the previous election, you see like what a great windfall mail in ballots were for the other side. So if you're worried about your side or the other winning, you know you got to use every tool in your arsenal available. Yeah, do you think do you think it's important here? You think drivers should should do that? You think we should print those QR codes that take you to vote.gov that Scott suggested? Yeah, it's a great idea. Um, and I, I had no idea until we talked to Scott about how just how big of a, a voting block truckers are in this country. Yeah, 3.5 million. That's just active drivers. I mean, if you look at the chart, Luke Velasca just tweeted about an hour ago. There's a bunch of uh, drivers that have been bleeding out due to the excess capacity and obviously the slowdown in uh, the supply chain economy. So those drivers, too, you know, they're going to be feeling a certain way, especially to give up their business. I mean, now's the time to vote. Now's the time to make your voice heard. I feel like in 2020, we didn't encourage this much or, or at all or enough. So I think this year is going to be a big difference. This truck to vote push is going to come pretty strong from us. You know, we'll try to stay at a, getting too politically biased in here, but I do think it's important that drivers get out there. Yeah, and we're seeing now with um, you know demographic changes and voting block changes. You know, it's it's not so much just the soccer moms that are like the big pusher for which direction the winds blow nowadays. Um, they're looking for other other blocks that they can they can go towards, and truckers are a, a big one. I'm really surprised more candidates aren't aren't uh, gunning for truckers like uh, uh, Vivek was. You no, know, because you know it's unique when they do. Like it, we, it automatically brings yeah. attention. Or when someone like Scott says, "Hey, we want to promote this," and if some like big left wing influencer was like, "Hey, I want to help get drivers registered to vote," I would say, "Okay, come on, just you know, kind of keep the message a little center. Come on and and help us do that." That hasn't happened yet. Usually, it's just a photo op with a union that you see out of yeah. out of out of most politicians. I don't even want to say left. I want to say most politicians were largely ignored in this space. Time to stand yeah. out. And there was. There was um that one truck driver Joshua Collins I think um last uh, the last election cycle he had he had a lot of support online but when it came to the actual you know in person voting I think he got less than like a percent less than one percent of like his local voting block and I'm I'm not sure if he's still even active in politics these days but that that seems to be like what happens mostly is like they get a lot of attention online and then nothing really comes of it and then they just kind of <laughs> give up. Yeah, there's that like the terminally online, like that we're very aware we sort of know everything, but it all, all sorts of blends together and you don't tend to get as much. Uh, I don't know. It's a lot of talk. You don't get as many like you don't you don't always see those results happening. Now, let's talk about a punishment, crime and punishment, law and order. Justin, let's take a look at this, this video of a hot dog heist. Hello, everyone, it's the eve of Christmas Eve. And this is Rafael Zamora. He's 57. That's right. And here's what happened. On the eve of the eve of the eve of Christmas, he went into the Love's truck stop on Highway 27 and he ripped off two hot dogs and a large fountain drink. He's from Pembroke Pines, Florida. Now that may be all right down there, but it's not all right up here. And then he got into his truck and drove off. Well, we're not putting the trucking company on blast because they did what was right. When they were notified by Loves that they had a thieving driver, they made him go back to the store and meet the deputies. Well, he got to not only meet the deputies, but he went from a truck driver to a jail bird. That's right, we locked him up in jail. Makes no matter the value of the theft, he was a thief, and he's in jail. Merry Christmas, Raphael. 
it seems kind of harsh to me. I mean, this wasn't like a hot dog sting. They weren't like tracking this guy and he'd been hitting up all like the loves up and down 95 or anything like that. They caught him once, stole a couple of hot dogs in a soft drink and they threw him in jail two days before Christmas. Too harsh, Justin? I mean, it's it's Polk County, Florida. That, that's what this sheriff is known for. He, he likes to be on uh, social media bragging about, you know, all the, all the good work he's doing. I think it's a little excessive because whatever costs they're going to pay to lock him up for however long, it's going to be more than uh, the value of the hot dogs that he stole. But I guess that's the message that they want to send out. I mean, I get a thief is a, th- a thief, but like truck drivers get money stolen from every single, and I'm not, I'm not justifying stealing hot dogs, but I'm saying like truck drivers get money stolen from every time they pull up for a dock in terms of their hours and much more hundreds of dollars. Like there's way more seemingly injustice in the world than these couple of hot dogs, because like he he has that on his record. He might have a hard job getting another truck driving uh, gig. Good luck to him. Yeah. But also, you know, there's that saying, how you do anything is how you do everything. So, you know, if he's, the kind of guy that's like willing to rip off a couple of hot dogs, you know, who knows what else he's up to. Um, you know, you're looking for his log books now. You're asking, you're asking for his log books. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure it doesn't take much to dig. Are, are they going to, he's doing, you think they'll put him in GTA six? Oh yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to be a character in there now. The, the hot dog crime at, at, at uh, GTA six. Seemed a little rough. I don't know. I'm going to say they went too hard on the guy. I'm not sure what you like. Can't you just give the guy like a fine or a misdemeanor and, and like you, you nail him again, then like put him in the jail yeah. cell or take his photo and put it up in, on, on the front door of the, of the truck stop, you know, have like a, a, a wall of shame. You ever, uh, you ever shoplift? And like, look, I, I, I feel bad because when I was like 10, I shoplift like some baseball cards and some lighters from, from Walgreens. I mean, it was a long time ago, but I, I can't say I've never in my life shoplifted something. No, not as a not as an adult. You know, everybody does stupid stuff when they're kids, but like as an adult, I just I see cameras everywhere now, and I work yeah. retail too, and I know like what a pain in the butt it is dealing with shrink. You know that that does affect your bottom line as a retail employee. Um, so yeah, I, I never had the inkling to do that. Ju- juice ain't juice ain't worth the squeeze on those ones. Juice ain't worth no, the squeeze. No. All right, now look, freight conferences are kind of exciting. They're they're fine, freight waves especially, but like they could do more. Sponsors could do more. Sponsors could do more with everything. Sponsors could even do more with bowl games. And it took Pop Tarts and Cheez Its to bring us there. Let's take a look at these and how can we translate this to freight? Let's take a look at the Pop Tart. I mean, this thing was absolutely fantastic. It did, it was mission accomplished. It turned into a meme everywhere. It was all over X, like as it happened. All the instant memers were on top of this thing, myself included. They even ate the guy too, right? Yeah. And there was like, yeah, so that was the that was I think the payoff there. There was buildup. It wasn't just like, yo, check out our stupid mascot. Like, cheese it kind of cool. He's coming out of a box, and then what? Nothing happens. With the Pop Tart guy, he kept going into the crowd, and he was wearing, waving a sign saying, "Dreams really do come true." And people are asking, like, "What is your dream? What is your dream?" And he was saying, "I want to be eaten." And everyone was like, "Well, that's kind of weird." And then they eat him. <laughs> there, see, so he's holding up a sign saying, "Non-edible mascot." So they're they're playing off of it. But the the pop tart guy wanted to be eaten. Um, it was weird. I, I I'm curious to see where um, other companies go with this. Like, are we getting more edible mascots? Are they going to pull this off as as well as Pop Tart did? I don't know. I I, I can't wait to see. I want to eat the JB Hunt like scroll. What is that thing in their logo? It's like a scroll or something, or like a like a rolled up bill of lading or something. I want to eat that <laughs> a piece of parchment. Yeah. Do you think we could eat the you know the ATA truck guy that they have walk around? Can we eat him? <laughs> well he's a driver the, the, the rumor is that it's always a driver that's inside one of those things so I'm, yeah I I, charles Gracie gets me. very offended that it's a driver in there but like i have never interviewed like i don't know if the driver i'm not gonna be offended on like the driver's behalf for being in a mascot outfit like if he's upset about it then fine i like to wear stupid outfits so like i would be the kind of person who would be like yeah sure i'll wear it actually you know who would be perfect in that costume mike lombard uh, in oh, yeah? his previous life he was a uh, he was a, a college mascot he what, what what for what team? I don't remember, but it was whatever university he was in. What did uh, he, he have to there, dress as? He was the guy in the costume. I don't remember. I think it was like a, a dog or a dragon. I'll have to ask him. It was blue, I believe. It was just a- one of those weird things. Are you talking to him? And he's like, oh, yeah, I was a mascot one day. And I was like, we- I would have never have guessed that. Well, at Halloween, we had Salon as the uh, the camel, the Camp Bell yeah. camel. Yeah. Like, we, do you think we could eat Sal? Sure, sure. Sure. I don't, <laughs> do know, I don't, know, what, I don't know what camel tastes like. 
Campbell Burke. If if you're the cheese it like director, now you got you got dunked like Pop Tarts did a better job, and they also went first. That was the hardest part for yeah. Cheez It. If Cheez It went first, then like Pop Tart would have seemed like an escalation and like a natural progression. But Pop Tart went first, and Cheez It was a little bit of a regression. So if you're gonna go big too, you also need like spies or intel in these other organizations to make sure you don't get one upped by the competition. The worst thing at F3 would be to like jump out of the toaster, then just walk off stage. And the next guy's being like served in the lunch hall. Yeah. And like with cheeses too, it's, it's already cooked in the box. There's nothing to it. Whereas with pop tarts, you got to put it in a toaster. So they got to find other mascots where you buy the product and you have to do something to it to like get the final result. So I don't know if they need like a big microwave on the stage or, ooh, or a, a, a giant uh, air fryer. We could just start air frying mascots. That'll work. Air frying mascots. Be careful with those. My brother-in-law set his on fire. Um, here's one for you. How about we don't get a ton of ads in freight, but when we do, sometimes they're like crazy and out there. How about you rate this ad for us? Let's see. It's from Mersk. Don't you think I'm prepared for this? It's just a simple delivery. <laughs> what could possibly go oh, wrong? It feels like being a, an import coordinator. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Great. I love the subtle uh, Bluetooth uh, earpieces. Are you kidding me? It's a dead end. No such thing as a dead end. Actually, there's a path right where you are. We're in! Not yet. I still need to get you to the other side. Watch out! Yes, there is. Now insert the cargo. You are you're, you're, you're discovering the uh, <laughs> you're discovering the Horn of Africa because you can't go through the Red Sea because they banned all ships through there. Yeah, and I don't know if I like that tagline of uh, "There's no such thing as a dead end." Like there, there absolutely are dead ends. Oh, you oh you get very like pedantic. You, hey, wait a second, no figures of speech, Mersk. <laughs> well, you know, and also like the the crystal, like what was it? was that supposed to be a shipping container? It needed, it needed to be more like container like. They look like just a, a, a prop. They're ripping off Indiana Jones. It's you see where they're like taking inspiration from everything, but there's nothing like original about anything in that ad. Yeah, they had a tie. I think they could have tied it together a, a little bit more, but at the same time, it was memorable. I remembered it. Very few ads I watched more than once, and I've watched that a couple times. So I'd say mostly mission accomplished. Keep going that direction. Maybe bring in like an like Alex Garland, who's doing that movie Civil War, as like the director of your next mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. and have yeah, more. Mis- we'll, we'll- that, that more missiles can never help could never hurt hey you ever have this happen to you well pulling your truck in through a drive-thru if you remember when people couldn't go in stores during 2020 <laughs> and 2021 this was a big problem this truck driver here he got himself <laughs> it's obviously too tall to be going through and he's peeling off he's shearing off the top of his truck at a drive-thru what's your tip yeah i don't know if he's i don't know if he's there to like deliver or if he was just you know having a mac attack but yeah you always make sure you know your height of your vehicle don't ever end up in a situation like this because like he's pretty much stuck no, no matter which direction he turns he's just making it worse for him right now um there's no markings or anything on that truck so i don't think he's there delivering i think he just got you know the wrong place wrong time and oh man look at that, the whole back is just gone <laughs> that look. was a really expensive mcdouble <laughs> he didn't need that. He didn't need that one. Hey, Justin, well, winter, we, we are in winter. It's cold. As, it's cold in Chattanooga. I don't know how cold it is over there, but it's yeah. been as cold here as, as everywhere else. There's a, I just saw in Boston, snow warning coming up, snow coming in everywhere. What are your top winter tools that every truck driver needs to have in his truck this season? Uh, good shoes. This thing? Uh, good socks. This couldn't hurt. This was actually kind of cool. I like it's light enough that you can pick it up um i've never seen anything like that it looks like it's overseas um but yeah this would come in super handy um a lot of like decent warehouses they'll have like the automated 
trailer scraper that when you're when you're leaving the lot, they scrape the snow off. But also, like, where are you going to put this in your truck? It's pretty big. Yeah. Well, I think that's why it's probably like at the terminal. I think they pull that out of the the warehouse. I don't know where you're going to lay that down. It's gigantic, unless it's inflatable. But then that would be like a whole new problem. All right, you mentioned shoes and socks. How do you need a strap? How about a strap in case you find yourself like this truck? So you need shoes, that's socks. That's a good pulling right there. What else we need, Justin? Jumper cables, warm package uh, for your hands. Well, for winter, for win- yeah, for winter specifically, a um, couple bags of kitty litter. I always tell, or, or if you can find it, some road salt. Um, always keep some handy with you. Um, this guy was smart. You notice that the tow hitch is like on the frame and not the not the bumper. I see yeah. that mistake so much with guys. They, they put it on their bumper and they rip the bumpers off. We did a beautiful um, job yeah, keep, here. Justin, thank gloves, helping hammer. FIBA gloves, keep the heat up. Keep your truck full. Go find Super Trucker at Super Trucker. Go find What the Truck at FW What the Truck. Find me at Timothy Duna. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. If I get these QR code stickers made, go find those Truck of you. Vote QR codes at any truck stop you're at. Take care. Have an awesome 2024. And don't be a stranger. <laughs>